0: hello welcome to the lavender menace podcast my name is sunny i use they she pronouns i'm a cancer sun capricorn moon gemini rising gemini stellium cancer stellium if that doesn't mean anything to you then i'm you need to keep up because this is
1: a lesbian podcast
0: so um and if you
1: need a translation that means psych ward (laughs) long story short psych ward is is what that means if you're a new ne- listener, needs to be locked up, institutionalized.
0: Yeah, yeah true.
1: Has Pride Month straightjackets. <laughs> Pride Month. Yeah, it's true. Um. Okay. Hi, my name is Renaissance. I also use they she pronouns. I'm an Aries. I don't think I'm any stelliums. Is stellium four or more or three or more? It's three or more. I think I'm like. Maybe a Pisces stellium, but all in like random. Like it's not in my big three or in my yeah. big six, and it's like just three. Like I have, I think I have a couple sets of three, but they're mm. all they're all on the fringes. Most of my major yeah. signs are are different, except I'm in Aries, Sun, and Venus. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, There's that. um That. Oh wait, yeah. do we have a hot take? Oh my I just God, realized. Wait. Let me look in our email. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't know, bro. Okay, let's see.
1: Guys, we are terminally employed. And that no, being employed will be the death of us. It's not good at I all. I mean that, literally. I don't like I'm it. Curr- I currently have three jobs. Mm. because I currently
0: have a job in which I live at my workplace. So, like, I'm literally never not working. I'm asleep and I'm working. Because.
1: That's how I felt as an RA. No, you're definitely in your RA moment. Like, when I was an RA at school, I felt like I was working 24-7, like, the the entire school year. Mm. But there's definitely a difference when, like, the type of, like, feeling of, like, I'm working when you living, like, you existing is your job versus... The feeling of working when you have something to, like, clock in, in and yeah, out. Yeah, like that's a thing. I can relate retail. to people,
0: to people being like, oh, I, I can't wait to clock out. And I'm like, damn, I wish I could clock out. I just leave and don't tell anyone. <laughs> and yeah, then... no,
1: being an RA, it wasn't until, like, literally my last quarter, like, at the very end when I started taking, like, bus rides and stuff that I was like, oh, th- I technically am allowed to have time when I'm not right. an RA, right. but for literally, like, that was the last month, like six months, maybe seven months. I felt like I was not like every waking and non-waking moment of my life mm. was working. Ugh. Do and... we have any?
0: No, we don't have yeah. any. Although, okay, that's funny because someone emailed like a publisher emailed our emailed this account to reach out specifically to me, which is like, why would you do that? Like I have my anyway to to send me like a book like i uh, just saw
1: that yeah and i was, I was like, like what do you mean our copy of this <laughs>
0: yeah I'm like what do you um okay <laughs> and they're like we want you to share this with your tiktok followers so i mean okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> i guess whatever
1: you know a
0: hot emails? yeah i don't remember did i send them okay. my mailing address maybe i don't I don't know, but uh, people, I can't keep them straight. People will reach out to be like, oh, can I send you this? And I'll be like, yeah.
1: Well, I mean,
0: yeah, so. Well,
1: I was just thinking if it was an audio file, then oh no, they should have sent it to both of us, and then we could exactly. have talked about it on the podcast yeah, for, that's like, true. a promo kind of Yeah, way. And I don't think they realize, like, why would you email
0: the this, the podcast?
1: <laughs> First of all, yeah, like. Yeah, because you have your own, like. Exactly, I have my business own Business inquiries email. Where, email. Yeah. yeah, and then. But, and we
0: don't even have a joint TikTok account, which, like, I don't think we should make, because if we did, no. if we made a
1: joint <laughs> it would be me getting all the notifications of when you get dogpiled, and respectfully, <laughs> I just don't want to deal with that. Like, I'm already your friend, I already hear about it, I already follow you, like, I see it, I'm mm-hmm. aware, if I wanted to be involved, I would get involved, yeah. <laughs> and respectfully, I do not want to get involved when you get involved it's like that tiktok audio that's like i got your back from right over here <laughs> me. every time you just Yum. get hundreds of not- notifications gone yeah so, so i guess
0: we don't have a hot take so what's <laughs> at what's sub- least this hot take submission so what's something that's been on mm-hmm. our minds what what is something we must discuss in under like 20-15 minutes
1: i'm trying to think of something that's different than what the, the shared content that we're gonna talk about because that's really yeah. been on my mind yeah um, well okay
0: I do wanna talk so I did see Black Widow last night as part of my job like I wasn't
1: mm-hmm. it wasn't
0: like because I was like oh, I wanna go see this I was just supervising some people and when I was there, when I was watching it, I was very much thinking the whole time, because like, I don't know anything about the MCU and I also don't care, so sorry to you guys if you do care, but also if you do, like, why would you be here? Um, like, I feel like the overlap of interest is very minimal. But anyways since i was watching last well, i think
1: there's a lot of people who like sexy women who like yeah. the mcu yeah who i
0: mean podcasts. yeah the, the women in in the in the movie were pretty sexy but like it, it was yeah like,
1: rachel vice
0: is one of them yeah Ra- we'll see when rachel vice at the very beginning of the movie she was playing like like an american housewife and i was literally so thrown by that i was thrown the fuck off i was like man you do not like this is it's not giving american housewife of in the 90s like she just doesn't have those vibes you know no
1: she doesn't well i mean no because even when she was popular in the 90s which she was yeah. um those for like in her mummy era her mummy came out in 99 <laughs> oh yeah okay. the second one came out in 2001 and She's like, even though she's technically a wife and mother in the second one, it's not mm. necessarily housewife vibes that mm. she's giving. And yeah. she looks so hot in the second one. Oh my gosh, I love the mummy too. <laughs> well, I was watching it, I was thinking, wow, there's something the- about like British Egyptologists, Egyptologist tropes uh-huh. that are like deeply problematic, but yeah. because they're so pervasive as a genre, yeah. job- like because it's a whole, mm-hmm. like it's separate from actual Egypt or. British historians like it's yeah. wrong in so many levels that it does yeah. like it's like how in Wonder in a Woman,
0: like how in Wonder Woman that was the whole archaeology. Oh, <laughs> like,
1: what was it? How did the minds or something like these civilizations that <laughs> just disappeared? Just one- these, these civilizations just disappeared. <laughs> yeah. If you
0: listen to our first season, it was like our second episode where we like hate watch yeah. Wonder Woman together, and it was so bad. <laughs> and I think like and that's why we haven't hate watched
1: anything since, yeah because yeah. that was so it was scarring, miserable but now we it was so miserable Sonny was complaining the entire time <laughs> I wanted Kristen Wig to have a better role and it never got better right yeah no, yeah.
0: I mean, in Black Widow, I think it, Black Widow was much better than Wonder Woman, <laughs> like, on every yeah. level. People
1: on my Twitter timeline are going crazy about it, but I haven't seen it. So. Yeah,
0: like, I mean, I don't think it's worth seeing um, in theaters or anything, because it's just another fucking Marvel movie, like, whatever. But, yeah, like, I wasn't going to
1: see it in theaters, yeah, like no I, mean, I was going to
0: pay for that no exactly like i I, but i think it i thought it was fine but also i don't understand why these movies are so fucking long like why why (laughs) what is the point (laughs) i don't understand and later when rachel vice becomes well when we see her as her actual role as like a okay also the anti i have so many thoughts about this because like the anti-communist like storyline that runs through the marvel cinematic universe because of how like I, also, I know nothing about this. So the, everything I learned, everything I know about this is from what I gauged and what I picked up on on this one movie. I've never seen any Avenger movie. I, you,
1: you didn't even see Endgame? No. Infinity War?
0: No. Everyone was talking about it, but like I just Spider-Man. didn't care.
1: Yeah. No, I, I just didn't care because, um,
0: I don't know, I just don't really care about men, like, and fictionally. <laughs> on a fictional level... <laughs> well Florence Pugh was in this as well and as well as Scarlett Mm -hmm. Johansson who is you know but uh, yeah she sucks but what sucks is that I remember I saw Jojo Rabbit in theaters and she was so good in that like she was so good good.
1: I I remember when I first watched it I was like upset at how good she was was, like don't make me like you don't make me sympathize with you yeah I don't want to like you but you kind of slayed and
0: I I felt the same way about her role Black Widow because I was like and also especially with like the stunts and stuff, because you know I love Birds of Prey because it's camp. But like this movie, it, it's like it tries to be serious and it's the same way Wonder Woman tries to take itself seriously, which like there's an inherently comedic Thing, but also because it's marvel like there's like the little the commentary that's like supposed to be funny and so like the whole theater was like you know laughing and i think florence Pugh's like florence pew got most of the like funny one-liners and stuff and i think she did a really good job of it I've, i haven't seen florence Pugh play a role that like wasn't intensely dramatic and emotional you know what i mean because everything that she's been like from little women to midsummer to Macbeth, like she's always played like a almost a period piece type of like vibe and this just really wasn't that and so that was interesting but they also all had like russian accents which i was like why shut up <laughs> i wanted well, they to smack all of them i know but it's like even okay well sometimes they speak in russian which was like okay if you're gonna speak mm-hmm. in russian just speak in russian but if they're talking it's like ugh, because also the the red guard guy whatever he had like a Karl marx knuckle tattoo <laughs> Which I when we was get that, so that's gonna be
1: our matching funny. bestie tattoos. No, literally, I'm gonna I'm... have Carl and you're oh, gonna have Marks, and then we're God. gonna put our fists together. Please! Instead of like oh my God. best friend bracelets, it's yeah. just best friend Carl <laughs> Marx tattoo. Carl Marx knuckles, which
0: I thought was so fucking funny. And the way that he was, per- like, the way that he was, you know, kind of like, characterizes like this deadbeat, which, you know, in the movie he really is, and someone who is still trying to revel in his glory days of like the Soviet Union and the party leadership and whatever. i was just like, this is so, Ah!" it made me want, like, it made me so annoyed. And I was thinking, in my head, I was thinking like, the amount of like, Twitter threads and YouTube, like, film analysis videos that could be made about this is unreal. Like way that it all kind of like functions as propaganda and the way that like i think all superhero movies that aren't birds of prey because you know i love that movie um (laughs) is is that it kind of posits societal ills as like the bad guy right or the bad system like like and it's just like one cohort of things that the good guys need to like defeat and then of course there's like theme running themes of like family and like love and romance or you know whatever the thing is at in whatever movie but like it, it at the end of the day it's like candy. Like it's it's fun in the moment, but it, it's just not really fulfilling in any meaningful way in terms of like meaningful storytelling. It's just a huge budget and a story that isn't really saying that much. And then like bunch of flashy special effects and stuff. And it's just like, why are so many people invested in this? I don't get it and I don't like it. Like I wish more money was allocated towards things that like actually like media that actually like mattered, you know?
1: <laughs> I mean, I think, like, there's a mix, because Marvel, not just the MCU, because the MCU started in 2018 with the first Iron Man movie, but the characters in this story are, like, a lot older when, Mm -hmm. like, so there's, like, comics, and there's, like, there's more to the universe than what is just in the MCU. Like, that's why it's the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Because, yeah. There's more than what is even portrayed within what they make. And I think that's also, like, being expanded with the shows, like, WandaVision and Mm -hmm. the Falcon Winter Soldier one or whatever, and the Loki one. And also, like, there's... Okay, so there's two ways to watch Marvel movies. Like, I mean, you're not gonna... I know you're not gonna watch any more Marvel movies. (laughs) Like, this isn't me... Like... Telling and, me, yeah, so, yeah, but there's two ways to watch it. One is in the order in which they came out, mm-hmm. so that. But then, the way the order in which they came out is not in chronological order of right, right, the right. stories that took place, like in in that order of the universe. Yeah. So then, even if you go on like Disney Plus, there's like two different. Right. Just like play in the order that they debuted, or play in the order in which like the story will make sense. Yeah, like the chronological so then, order of. Things. Yeah, so if you which and I haven't seen all of them I have I know more of the plot lines like via edits and just being online forever (laughs) I know yeah yeah that I know so many of the movies and like what happens but like there's um like it, it it works if okay this is what I have to say Marvel movies at this point, like, in 2020, if we're going to see Black Widow, or even in Infinity War, or, what the other one? Infinity War and Endgame. Only oh, yeah. makes sense if you've seen the other ones, because they are, like, chapters. It'd be, like, mm-hmm. reading the fourth Harry Potter and, like, yeah. one short chapter and being, like, I don't care about any of these characters. Right. Nothing happened in this chapter. Like, it really only makes sense in the context of, like, yeah. If you know who they're fighting before, why they're fighting this yeah. person, why whatever mission they were originally on deterred into what movie you're now watching, it's a lot of stuff like that. So it's like, and because it's been going for over 10 years, like there's so many Marvel fans that like Marvel yeah. can make a movie, and it can be like fully only in dialogue that people who are really invested uh-huh. know. And they'll still make a lot of money because there's yeah. still a lot of people. And it's weird because when I was at the theater,
0: like it was packed, and on either side of me there were a bunch of people who were like around my age, maybe older. Like like a bunch of dudes on my right and a bunch of girls on my mm-hmm. left. And the way that they were reacting to the different scenes and stuff, it was really interesting. Like mm-hmm. like men don't laugh at jokes. Why? I don't understand why. Like I like, but every but like the kids and then the women who were sitting next to me. We're all giggling whenever Florence Pugh said something funny,
1: and well, like, yeah, being a a guy MCU fan for it's me that's different. a red flag. First
0: yeah. of all, <laughs> being a why are you? First of all, as a man, amazing. as a man, why <laughs> do you <laughs> like superheroes? Give yeah, give me one reason.
1: <laughs> and it's always like, even though I hate Scarlett Johansson, mm-hmm. which is true. Mm-hmm. Men who don't like Black Widow because Uh she's a female superhero. That I do have incredible beef with. Yeah.
0: Um, And, like, I also had no really context of their origin story or whatever. So, like, what the movie does is at the very beginning, there's, like, a... 20 10 20 minutes scene scene where we see like black widow's character and then her younger sister played by Florence Pugh like as children and the child actors so good oh my god they made me cry like they were so good very compelling and there are child actors and now yeah I don't I yeah they we see them when they're like like six and like nine or around that age, around those ages and then we see like young Rachel Weiss quote unquote and then the dad um when they're like you know Soviet sleepers in the US or whatever and we see their like little family and then we see them getting split off and then we see Florence P's character get funneled into the the system like the black widow system where they you know like and i think like it was interesting because i'm like the politics of this movie is basically talking about how like it's it's basically like a it's like human trafficking but on like a superhero level you know and instead of like sex trafficking um like in the real world where people take advantage of like poor girls from all over the world to you know traffic them around the world it's more of like they're taking like girls who have potential genetic, have genetic potential or whatever, funnel them into like a military training program and then eliminate them into having like a cabal of these mind-controlled women who like can fight in whatever. And we see Florence Pugh's character. I don't fucking know their names. Um, I call them by the actors' names. Um, <laughs> we see her like break out of it and then them trying to free the other. Like it. It was just like, like. And the whole time, I was also thinking about um, this book that I read called *Hench* by Natasha. I'm forgetting her last name, but but it's but *Hench* is kind of about like a a corporate world in which in which superheroes are like a normal thing, and so are their and so, so are super villains, and so are their henchmen and like the muscle who go around beating up people. But they are all like. <laughs> they're like hireable jobs so they'll be like a super villain being like i need a hench so then there's like a temp there's like a temp company where, <laughs> where you can hire. and so and our, one of the main character in this book kind of talk does a bunch of she gets she gets involved in this damage where she's she's a temp. A hench for the supervillain and then her like leg gets shattered in like a in a big fight and because she's you know she's a wage worker like she's basically a minimum wage worker um she like can't work for months and so she becomes really bitter and does a lot of research on how the supervillain superhero system is like corrupt and how much damage it costs and every single scene i saw in the movie where we could see these buildings collapsing and like everything exploding and people's cars getting flipped over i was thinking God damn! If I lived in this world and people and this happened regularly, in which like superheroes would just come in and fucking flip over people's cars and like run over people, I would be so mad. <laughs> like, what kind? That is so. That's, this is such bullshit. Like, how much the the way that like like hundreds of billions of dollars of infrastructure just go away because of some of two people fighting? It's it's like
1: the whole concept of insurance it is genuinely to be baffling. So expensive in that city. Imagine getting car insurance. <laughs> Okay. No, and then you and then you get fucking flipped over
0: because someone's doing a motorcycle chase. Like I would be so annoyed. Like what kind? Like I'm just trying to get to my job. I'm trying to. I'm trying to miss. I'm trying to skip traffic. Like, oh my god. So yeah, I don't know. I I, I think I think the concept is dumb, but <laughs> but I also think like maybe that's me speaking from the perspective of someone who just has no conception of the fandom because I feel like when like non Swifties or people who are like. Taylor Swift mm-hmm. is straight. Or, or say, I'm like, you're talking under your ass because you don't actually know this. Mater- you don't know the material. Oh, speaking of t- speaking of Taylor material, when I ha- I had I took a nap today and I had a dream mm-hmm. that Taylor Swift released new music, but and but it was like variations mm-hmm. on what she had already released. So it was like like different um, sort of like interludes within folklore and like Evermore and. And I swear to God, I was, like, in a haze. I, as soon as I woke up from my dream, I was, like, checked on Spotify. I was, like, no no way. Did she drop new music? No. She did not. So, this is rude and disrespectful.
1: <laughs> I can't. That is so, I mean, I'm, like. like in a messiah kind of way like are you predicting something i mean (laughs) no because i think i was just thinking about it a lot because you know i'm always thinking about it so (laughs) it's the it's the mental
0: illness i've been
1: working so much that i had a dream that i handed someone a pack of highlighters so no and i think i might have woken up like, in my bed, like, lifted up, shot out my arm, like, as if I was, and then just, like, went back to bed, and I was, and I have a very strange sensation, and honestly, I cannot remember if that memory was dream or real or my brain, like, reconstructing, like, after the fact, like, piecing Uh together things, but it was so strange. Anyways, when you were talking about the, like, uh, adjacency to like sex trafficking and all that stuff that mm-hmm. reminded me of the shared media content that we're going to be talking about mm. in today's episode. Do you yes, have other yes. Black Widow content? No, no that, comments. Yeah, okay. these are just my MCU thoughts. My thought is, yeah, that we don't have stupid. a hot take, so the to top <laughs> of this episode is just going to be you talking about not understanding. Yeah, MCU. we don't get it. But, we don't get it. Yeah. Um, but
0: yet, the movie that we did watch, well, not together, but like we went to the yeah. theater separately in our separate respective yeah. cities and saw Zola. In our separate
1: time zones.
0: <laughs> yeah, our separate cities, our separate time zones, and went and saw Zola.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, mm-hmm. And I,
1: what did you think of it? I liked it. I liked it. I, there are a lot of cool details. And a lot of cool shots and frames in the movie that I think are just so... Groovy. What did you notice? I... Like, what,
0: what stuck in your mind? That, like, okay,
1: one of the very first details where I was like, oh my gosh, I wish I could take out my phone right now to tweet this. Okay, hold on. Before we get into the movie, context. Just bigger context. One, right. this is the first movie that I've seen in the theater since January 1st of 2020. Mm. Second of all. I have a million dollar idea for us and the creators of Letterbox, which is a movie theater or just like one of the rooms in a movie theater just for like Film Twitter and Letterbox users so that it's so <laughs> like you are allowed to like have a thread going, you know, <laughs> like take right. out your phone to have your reaction thread or like review it in while you're watching it and it's like not a social faux pas. Right, right, So right. those are my two. Yeah, thoughts that's a good idea. Because actually,
0: yesterday when I was watching Black Widow, I was like, I want to live tweet this right now because I think so many things happening are so silly, and I want to make, a co- I want to make a commentary thread. But yes. I was like, mm, this would be inconveniencing everyone around me, and it's very annoying.
1: It's very annoying. Exactly. Like there is so many, much- and the theater when I was watching Zola was like very empty. Like I probably could have, and it wouldn't have been right. that bad, but I didn't because i'm respectful and whatever yeah. but um there were so many times i'm like oh god i want to write this down i just want to remember that i've had this thought while watching it and yeah like, time stamp it right, now. right 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 Right. but anyways i think that's just like quarantine movie watching that has like given me brain rot but no it's true like because
0: sometimes anyways- i'm like oh i wish i want to I, I just want to tap the screen so i can see how much longer i have
1: like how much longer is That as movie. well. I was like, did I remember what time this started so I know how far we in? And I was like, oh, I should have checked the runtime, so I could have yeah, 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 in my mind. To know at what point but anyway. I am. Yeah. Because I feel like it's a lot. I was of enjoying movies. myself. I right. just like to know how, how much longer am I expected yeah. to like, And also,
0: like, yeah. at what Anyways, point so. of the movie is this? Because that tells you a lot about, like, what's going on. Because, like, at a certain point I was like, how is this going to conclude? Because it does not seem like this is going to conclude in any meaningful way, which... I don't think it really did like i think it did leave us on this like on this major well,
1: like cliff it but, did. All... but the, the thing is is that it it's it ended did you ever because i i okay, okay 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 hold on let's go back to the very first question the first question you asked me were were there any details that mm-hmm. i enjoyed about the movie yes the main one that i noticed like right away the first time it happened was that every time one of the lines was a quote from the Twitter thread from the mm-hmm. direct thread there was the Twitter notification sound because back yeah. in I don't know if they got rid of it before 2015 or whatever but they used like Twitter used to have its own sound own notification right. sound if you're if you're like if you weren't on vibrate like if you had your notifications on
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I thought that that detail was really smart. I uh-huh. also liked that they credited the actual, like, the real Zola yeah. and, like, a- accredited her thread because also I think this thread, the one that the movie is based off of, started the trend of Twitter threads. I think it was this one, or maybe there was a really another, like, break the internet moment. And Twitter threads weren't really a thing. Like, it, w- that wasn't integral to... The platform and i i i do know that black women started using twitter threads before it was a common used thing and they used it for storytelling and it was also used to archive information for like protest or to like plan things and like do long threads which is now like you see them all the time on twitter so i think this was one of the first viral twitter threads Mm -hmm. um on the internet which is yeah. pretty cool so those were like the beginning details that i really liked and then as we continue to talk about the movie i will yeah. dispel others what were what was like your like top of the movie you know first impressions like starting it
0: i was just like i had never i didn't read the thread before and i still haven't mm-hmm. read the thread um and it's mostly because I don't want to read 148 tweets. like <laughs> Especially now that I know it's, what
1: happened. It's so good, though. Like, it made
0: a movie. That's how good the thread is. Yeah, but since since when I was watching the movie, I was like... I've, I've heard so much about how wild the story is. But, like, I did not expect this level. And especially when... Because this movie is... Old, like, this whole experience and, like, Zola's real-life experience was about, like, sex trafficking. And how she kind of got coerced into it. Um... And how m- most women are really, um, I thought it was, I thought I feel like the movie itself didn't say anything deeper than what than what actually happened. I feel because we didn't get any interiority on the characters. I feel we got we saw what they had said and what they saw and like what experience. But I just feel like I'm like I didn't understand. It like moved so fast. I was like, what's going on? What's the takeaway here besides? Besides recreating exactly what happened, like I could I didn't really, I didn't really comprehend that. I was just shocked the whole time.
1: I think th- they said a lot. I just don't think that what they said was what you were looking for them to say. Because I agree that they don't talk a lot about maybe like the politics of sex trafficking itself. Well, not even um, that. I was,
0: I was thinking like we we never
1: but they say a lot about race and culture and there's a lot of another really interesting detail well there's a lot in terms of the relationship between zola and who's the white character
0: i don't remember her name
1: i think i think the actress's (laughs) name is riley
0: riley riley co i think riley cuff something like that
1: Stephanie, it is Stephanie. They, oh yeah, they, Stephanie. They had her at, but I didn't know if it was Stephanie because there's the moment, which I really I, I have so much to say about that moment when it switches perspective for a moment. Yeah, so Stephanie's movie.
0: perspective. Yeah.
1: Yes. So the relationship between Zola and Stephanie, in terms of who is black and who is trying like, to be adopting blackness. Yeah. I think there are so many golden moments mm-hmm. and in the way that those two characters are juxtaposed that I think are really, really strong, that I thought were really well done. One of my favorite moments, I'm going to go on a little bit of rant because when I saw this, I was like, oh my gosh, is when they're driving to Tampa, Florida, and they're in the car, and it's Stephanie, her pimp, her boyfriend, and Zola. And yeah. the song that's playing is "Hannah Montana" by by I have an idea of 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 who it is, and I don't. It is by Migos. Okay, I didn't want to say Migos, and then it would wrong be wrong and then be really <laughs> embarrassed. Yeah, but I thought that that was a very interesting song choice because Hannah Montana is a white pop star who lives two lives Mm. and has a home domestic life and also has a made-up performance performance persona Mm. which i thought really fit in well for stephanie in terms of like really informing us about who stephanie is as a character i thought that Uh moment was really smart and also the fact that Migos is a black artist right so it's mm. a black perspective on a white fictional character who lives two mm. lives which completely parallels the setup of the story like that's when they're driving to Florida so we know so much about these characters just in that song choice and also how they behave in the car mm. um like, it was interesting
0: because Zola was so, like, they uncomfortable the entirety of every situation that, like, occurs. And I think, like, like Zola was just, like, not... But I feel, like, I think one of the things that was... One of the things that built so much tension in the movie and that I took away from it was very much, like... Like, these characters are 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 passive in that things are happening to them. But, like, they don't really have any ability to do much about it because like the men around them just have a specific specifically the pimp and then the clients just have like so much more power than they do and they like they don't have any sort of like they don't have any sort of autonomy in the situation and like the way that like i think zola is the one character who doesn't like have these like two identities that that she switches between because the pimp has like he speaks in two different dialects and then and then stephanie like leans into being white to per, to be perceived as like you know whatever within her own to be perceived as like respectable within her own perspective when we when when it cuts to her in that like in that moment where we get to see her like monologue to the screen and she also leans into being what she thinks being black is like and also if for that but she also leans into her whiteness in order to you know be like be prostituted um because we also see that interaction where the client is like oh like i want a white girl when he walks into the room and he sees zola and zola's like okay like she's over there i'm not even doing this like i'm not even involved with this i was just the one who fucking set this up like and she's just fed up the whole time and i think like it's interesting because they're obviously both they're both being like exploited in this like really horrible way and and like but but I think that the way that, like, Stephanie is perceived as, like, desirable and delicate and um, morally, like, good or whatever within certain points of the, in the movie, and then in mm-hmm. others, like, she's able to adopt and caricaturize, like, you know, her her like white trash poverty whatever sort of like identity like it, it's interesting but and the duality of that is portrayed really well in the movie but what i felt like i was just like i i wanted to i wanted to know the interiority of both like zola and stephanie like more i wanted to know like what they were actually thinking and how they were interacting because i felt like so many of their interactions i was like why is there not more like, i was like why is there not more animosity in the situation because if I were Zola, I would be so fucking mad at Stephanie, but, like, and we see them be mad at each other, and we see Zola be mad at her, but, like, not in, and not in a way that I was, like, what, this is not satisfying. I want to, I want to see some, I want, like, why, there's no conversation that occurs that actually delineates their, like, their relationship. Like, things just kind of happen, which I was, which I was, like, baffled by, but I couldn't really Ruminate on that for too long because things just kept on happening while while watching the movie.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I felt. I feel like so. Oh, no. I know. I. I. I was. I was satisfied, but but that like I, in my viewership, I. I. I did not recall having a similar dissatisfaction. I think for me, because. We're obviously watching everything happen from zola's perspective, one because that's the source um, right is the thread from her
0: I also wonder like real life stephanie where is she and like ha- what is she like i think in we jail. S- really
1: yeah 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 her huh. the pimp i don't know about the boyfriend both of them if 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 you if you checked the archive Twitter thread that I sent you like months ago when the Zola trailer came out and I reread it because part of me, I can't remember if it was just the excitement of when the trailer came out and my brain is just putting it together. But I was on Twitter when I I had already been on Twitter for a couple of months by the time this thread came out. Mm -hmm. And part of me feels like I remember either seeing it saying quote tweets. I don't know if I read the entire thing. Something about it felt very familiar to me when Mm -hmm. it came out that they're making a movie of it. Anyways, that's beside the point. I thought Zola, like, her anger was proportional to the situation that they were in because there was a lot of physical danger at, Like, at any moment, she could have Mm. been in immense physical danger. And throughout the movie, the person that she knows the most, which is really saying something because the whole point is that she doesn't really know who any of these people are, Mm -hmm. is Stephanie. So even in her anger, she does express it and should express it and is allowed to express it. However, it also has to... In her mind, because Zola's very smart, <laughs> which we see multiple times in the movie well. Yeah. So she knows that she has to calculate that Stephanie isn't going to throw her to the wolves or uh-huh. to her pimp, you know, at any moment. Like, like the whole point is that uh, Zola and us as the audience member, as the viewers don't know what happens next and Zola isn't allowed to ruminate on any one moment for too long because it's happening to her in real time she doesn't know she's Mm -hmm. gonna like make it out of this weekend alive in the same way that like us the audience members don't have time to internalize everything because it's happening and I think that that is um like I, I think that that was well played um, and i feel like i partly because maybe i read the thread before maybe because i have i am a black person who has dealt with white people who put on black sense or tried to perform a blackness in, in a way to relate to me i i could i knew although i haven't accidentally been almost sex trafficked so don't mm-hmm. relate to that part but I felt like I understood Solo's motives mm-hmm. and where she was coming from throughout the movie. Yeah. And obviously the point is that you don't really know who Stephanie is, like I'm not going to say I understood her, but I wasn't like, I didn't feel like anything was lacking because I feel like her character wasn't deep to begin with, like mm. as a person. She's supposed to be shallow, she's supposed to be just a facade.
0: Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think just like I I felt like I was like wow, that was really jarring and bizarre. And then I was like, oh, but I wish I wish I knew more about what was going through even like like Zola's mind like sp- specifically what was going through Zola's mind in this moment besides what she was besides what she was tweeting and what she's telling the audience in that moment. Like because there are so many like tense moments where she for example, where the pimp is like you need to like go and he like basically forces her to leave like the pool area um or whatever like there are moments like that where i was like w- the tension is so thick right now but like what is going through zola's mind like what does she want to do and what does she what is she what is she thinking about and why does she make the decisions that she's making and i think this is because also he
1: can kill her
0: I, but the, what, but they're but they're at the pool at a hotel where there's a bunch of people around her and I'm like what what's what's going on here like what what is she thinking and why and like she just gets up and, and walks past and walks with him back in time and I'm like
1: no I was like what because when the waiter comes by the pool because the oh right when he's like oh are you Zola's okay face.
0: and she's like yes mm. and
1: the pimp Tries to answer, but the and the pimp is getting frustrated because the waiter won't go away when he's the only one answering. And then Zola does say it's everything's fine, which obviously everything is not fine. Yeah. but You also have to keep it either before that scene or after that scene. I can't remember. I think before the boyfriend which is also Greg from succession and i thought it was so funny to to see him in this context Uh because anyways but he's driving in the car and we see like a police brutality scene happen in the background like his hands Uh on the driving wheel the foreground and oh yeah i
0: didn't get that because i I was thinking wait is that something that's happening in the in the moment to someone like i i didn't i didn't understand what was not one of
1: us but it, it there's it's a good reminder, I think, of where we are, period-wise, because this movie is taking place in 2015, which, right. if you remember anything about 2015, that's, like, when more um, BLM protests, like, that's when it started to form, that's when yeah. it started to happen, a yeah, lot yeah, of yes, things happened yes. in 2015 and 2016, um, and second of all, there's, like, there's multiple things at play zola is both black and a woman she knows that even though this pimp is a bad guy (laughs) she also knows that that is uh stephanie's current form of any finance for her and her daughter she also knows that this is a black man and the optics of a black man being physical with a black woman in a public space which is like also part of the reason why the waiter stopped them like there's Zola is very smart and aware throughout the entire movie. But see,
0: like I didn't pick up on that and is and is that because Right. Like see, I didn't pick up on that because I was I was like what's going on? And and I was also thinking, Well, what is she thinking? And like and because it wasn't like sort of give like given this is also why I prefer like, reading things, or reading, like, long-form, long-form media in this way, because, like, we just get much more interiority on these characters, and, like, understanding why she makes the decisions that she does, because as an audience member, like, I, like, like I couldn't I wasn't coming to those same conclusions and I wasn't thinking about those things in that way and like I'm just like mm, maybe this is why I'm stupid and I should never watch movies like because I feel like I just miss so much no. I miss out on so much of it and then people have to explain it to me and I'm like mm, okay like I just I just I just like oh I don't get it I feel like I'm missing something especially because when I was looking all Letterbox and logging it and I was like looking at other people's reviews and stuff I was like that's interesting because that is not what i got at all like that i was not i this... almost
1: gave it a five star review but then i didn't i gave it four i
0: don't remember i think i gave it like four stars or like you three, gave and three and a half or something oh yeah 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 i thought
1: i was like i remember because i was like hmm interesting
0: like it was just because i d- i feel like i didn't get it like i didn't pick up on i didn't pick up on uh, like
1: also, i was like this is okay.
0: not uh-huh
1: i have one more detail there's there's so many there's these these uh, i love when okay one thing is the the pimp has two accents which we talked about earlier yeah, yeah, yeah. he has like this kind of like west indian accent caribbean accent and then he also has like what you would normally have like a, a southern black um aave mm-hmm. style of speaking that's different and that's why i also thought that one they actually did go to florida but i think it the moments in which he speaks which accent is very interesting and also the fact yeah. that they're in florida because florida is so close to the caribbean it is so it would be so easy for someone to get involved with that and then also mm. there's the moment at the very end now we're starting to get into spoiler territory in the like very last hotel room with the mm. two guys the guy who was at the motel which did you notice that he was he, We we could see him i noticed him i saw him with my eyes he was outside of the hotel when they pulled up, and I noted him. I'm like, I feel like he's gonna come up later, and then he did, and I was like, oh, my mind. Um, when they're speaking to each other, there is a rift because the guy at the motel, anyways, spoiler, spoilers, whatever. The one that kidnaps Stephanie at the very end when she's in the closet. There's, like, a cultural rift. He's saying, like, you're on my turf, the one who kidnaps mm-hmm. Stephanie. And yeah. the pimp is like, I can come here anytime that I want. So it's clear that there, he's not from there. But he mm. obviously spends a lot of time around that area because there's a lot of, like, Haitian Americans and black Cubans yeah. and black Puerto Ricans, just black Caribbeans in Florida in general. So I thought that detail was really... So
0: it's been like the rest of the day for us.
1: Not for y'all though. <laughs> yeah. For y'all, it's probably been not even three no seconds. So what we've been
0: talking about is... Well, what we were talking about was Zola, right? Were there any
1: other thoughts you had? Yeah. There are a couple of details or a couple more things that I thought were really good. One... How um, the the way hair plays a really important role in characterizing Zola and Stephanie and their juxtaposition throughout the film, I think, because Zola it has um, straight hair throughout the movie, possibly like a protective style underneath. We don't know, but then Stephanie, who takes on this like black persona has braids through most of it except for when she's a schoolgirl, um and she is uh like actively prostituting um and when it cuts to her perspective when it does the at stephanie and it quotes the reddit thread and she's in the like pink jumpsuit and i thought that that just really like added on to her being a caricature of black woman when Zola herself is like an actual black woman um and when she's like doing all this like bad AAVE black sense stuff and then Zola just replies with like word or something like that and it's like they're speaking how they think black people speak, but, like, that's not how Zola talks, who's an actual black person. I thought that, like, because it was accurate to what white people sound like. Like, when I hear white people who obviously don't talk that way get into those characters, like, I wonder if white people could hear the difference because they're the ones that are blind to it in general. So I really, like, as I was watching it, I was like, I can relate, or I can see that they are not actually like this, but do the white people in the audience see Stephanie as fake in this way? Like, not just in the fact that she, you know, has a double persona and, like, the fact that she has a back page and stuff like that, but, like, in that. Um, And then another comment that I had was that it there's like I really had to question as an audience member my instinct at some point to want to sympathize with Stephanie and then realize that I shouldn't sympathize with Stephanie but that like it's societal conditioning to automatically like see white people as inherently sympathetic and then not being sympathetic as conditional and especially when Zola gets mad at Stephanie in the hotel room and Stephanie has like tears in her eyes and she's talking about her kid and stuff like that and it's set up in a way where you can tell that you, or, or maybe you can't tell but it's not clear it's it's ambiguous as to whether the tears and feeling helpless in the way is a play to get Sola to sympathize with her in order to coerce her further into sex trafficking, or if that is Stephanie's true vulnerability. And the instinct to trust her and to sympathize with her in that moment is like, that's not, that wouldn't be equally instinctual. Like if Stephanie was black, which like the whole point of the movie is that she's not or one of them, a major factor of the movies is that she's not, but I don't think that she would be so easily sympathizable in the eyes of the audience in general, that term in general, if she wasn't white, and so I think questioning why at certain points, I, um, I almost gave into it, but then I was like, no, she's still a pretty bad, like, character throughout the movie, um, so yeah, I did have those thoughts.
0: Sorry, um we did have a moments of sympathy for Stephanie when like her when the true vulnerability of her situation um like shows through. But I think it is directly contrasted mm-hmm. to her behavior and the way that she treats Sola and the and how she acts after mm-hmm. that moment and when like later Zola's like you're doing this for your kid, right? And she's like, yeah. And she's like, okay, then keep that energy, like. And I also think that it was interesting because mm-hmm. <clears throat> it was interesting in how, when in Zola just being herself or in being being a version of herself that will keep her safe in that moment, she takes on, she has to take on the like a in an element of like reservation, and she and so she can't like. She can't really react to a lot of things happening to her or if she does it's like in this really uncomfortable way that we see her like kind of have to suffer through whereas stephanie is kind of allowed to be expressive um even when and and reactive even when she is in the wrong and also i was thinking it's it was the boyfriend character was like really interesting to me because at first Within the first, like, mm-hmm. like 10, 10, 20 minutes of the road trip scene, I really could not tell who was the boyfriend and who was supposedly the roommate. Like, I I really could not tell. I, I was like, and it was only until later interaction until the point where the boyfriend and her sort of, like, making out in the first motel room. And I was like, wait, they're dating? Okay, okay, hold on. Like, I had to think about it for a sec. And then when, like the halfway point of the movie ish, or though a third, one third of into the movie when you figure out that the dude is like a pimp, I was like it, it was it was just crazy to see it was like very interesting to see the way that these men's relationship to these women like is so relational and like shifts so much throughout the movie when they function how they function as their protectors quote-unquote or as their keepers or as their owners or like they the way that they kind of it just like made me it made me feel really disgusted because every role that they played the boyfriend and the pimp like it was it was all so pathetic and also gross like everything that they did said or like would or tried to do was like really it was very gross i felt it didn't even matter what they were doing
1: so this week for recommendations i'm recommending the show this way up written and created by comedian actress ashling b and it is about a woman or it mainly centers around a woman named anya and uh, she kind of has this, like, mental breakdown right before the show starts, and the f- beginning of the first episode is her leaving, like, this rehab facility, but she's not there for substance abuse. She was, like, basically there for, like, mental health reasons, um, and we see her being picked up by her sister, which I'd say is like an equally main character but is a main character because of her relationship to Anya so Anya's definitely the main person we see and the sister's name is Shona played by Sharon Horgan who's another famous Irish actress and their sistership is really like the driving relationship of the show and then everything kind of happens by proxy um of that relationship, and it is really well written. I have to say, like, because each season is only three hours long, there's only been two seasons, I feel like we're, like, halfway in this story, so there's definitely not, what I would say, like, satisfying endings to the two seasons, but it's mainly because it's just so short, and hopefully there's more to come. Um, There's, like, a gay subplots undercurrent if you will that is fun and it's definitely fleabag adjacent so i think since you have spoken it into the universe that you're not going to watch fleabag i really <laughs> hope you watch this show because um, it's similar but different right. <laughs> and it's definitely less less more Not, like, underground, but, like, just has less of, like, the international following, like, the millions of fans that Fleabag has. It definitely doesn't have that. Um, And also for all the listeners who have taste and are not haters who have watched Fleabag and want something else that's adjacent to that because Fleabag isn't... It's ending. It's over. It's done. There's no more. If you want, like, a a new fix... I definitely recommend this Mm, as well.
0: Indeed, a new fix.
1: (coughs) So that's my recommendation.
0: Oh boy, Um, I don't think I have any good media recommendations for you. Simply because I have been, I I haven't been like, I haven't been consuming that much. Well, I haven't been consuming that much media in the first place. But the in the books and stuff that I have read recently are just, they just don't seem to be, they're not things that you would be into because you don't like, you don't like books that center around like teenagers or are like pitched to that, and I've been reading some more YA recently. So I guess I'm kind of stumped, but I guess since I mentioned it earlier, I think Hench by I think like a Natasha's something, um would be a good one because it's like sci-fi but in this really realistic almost contemporary way in in how it reimagines like the whole superhero genre and kind of like like an anti-capitalist, anti-corporate, almost like feminist takedown of it. Um and we see these people who like have these special superpowers, but the the ways that it's inconvenient to them and other people around them and it's not like in the way that a lot of shows and movies try to grapple with it where it's like wow the fame the pressure the moral goodness of it all is so hard it's more of like the actual existence of a world in which every day when you go out there's a potential bombing because of a superhero or supervillain that is really annoying and superheroes actually don't benefit society even though they receive so much social clout and it's like kind of this and basically our main character after she gets after she sustains this injury and like can't work anymore and she's just she's just living at home becoming increasingly bitter she starts this like blog page which is basically like a fan page but it's like a hater page for superheroes in which she like compiles statistics like being like this is the amount of money of damage that superheroes have caused within the last like year and these are the amount of people that have been um casualties in superhero like you know their their shenanigans or whatever so like and and basically more, she gets this, like, on, this. she's anonymous on it, but she gets this, like, increasingly large online following of other, like, people being like, oh, yeah, this superhero fucked over my life because i was in the car when they were doing a highway chase and my car got flipped over and i broke my arm and i couldn't work for a year and now i have debt to pay and like basically so many people have had that experience so like she like now has a bunch of people who are like wow this fucking sucks and her best friend is someone who is also like a hench and like her superpower is that she like oh and also the superpower of our main character hench is that she's really good at like analyzing data which is why like that's her superpower which is why she like can even create this like website and put together this data and stuff in the first place but her best friend is someone who like can't can smell everything incredibly well so but it's mainly an inconvenience to her because most things smell incredibly bad. So like she walks around with like a clothes pin on her nose because she just fucking cannot stand it. And then like when she gets hired to do jobs where they need someone to like sniff out things in terms of like, e- like explosives or poison or whatever, like that's, you know, that's kind of her, her role, but in everyday life it's an incredible inconvenience because she can smell everyone's body odor on a train or whatever. Um, but, and, and so our main character then, like, with by the f- third, like, one-third point of the book, she kind of gets, like, roped into this, like, underground organization that tries to, that is trying to deconstruct the superhero-supervillain system, almost, from, like, the inside out, but she's working for, like, an anonymous shadowy supervillain character it's really interesting because it kind of takes a look at the bureaucracy that's inherent to a lot of the ideas behind a lot of big sci-fi franchises that aren't even just superheroes like like even like star wars or whatever like you're looking at these systems where where most of the time the attention that mainstream media gives to gives to these characters are to the wonder woman's to the batmans to the you know it's cetera, even the jokers and the Harley quins right like we see we see that 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 that's who what media thinks is interesting to focus on these protagonists where in which every the world is on their shoulders but like we don't really care about the world itself and the people who actually occupy it they kind of just function as these props for these characters to like trade off it's like oh no the whole humanity is going to be destroyed but it's like like you don't even you don't even know what humanity is and also in your in all these action scenes that we see in so many superhero movies it's like okay you are killing a bunch of people right now like do you not realize this which is something that was always for and that's also why to bring up birds of prey again a canonical work on this podcast what i love so much about that movie is that it like really it really
1: we need to add that to our series we haven't the Divine, Taylor yeah. Swift, "Our Love Lasts So <laughs> Long," Birds of Prey, and now the seven yeah. seasons of Evelyn Hugo. These are like the main like, the biblical. like but if you want to engage yeah. in this podcast, you have to, fundamentally, you have to deeply understand the ins things. and outs.
0: No, it's as true. It be. because, And that's the thing, because Birds of Prey is really camp, and it also takes on the perspective of someone who is already seen as second place to someone else, and then like takes her narrative, as well as other characters who like don't really get that much attention, or who are just civilians who happen to be... like. A pickpocket or whatever and brings their stories to the spotlight while also the other minor characters that are involved within the storyline like the guy who owns the Chinese restaurant that she lives on top of or you know the the people that she runs over in the supermarket when she robs for her groceries like these are all things that I think like because of who Harley Quinn is as a character she she doesn't really give a fuck which means that the people that she does care about and then the larger morals that she does stand which is really just saving her own ass, like it—it it makes a lot of sense. But for so many other of these movies, it's like, oh my god, we're safe we're, uh, we're the greater good. Blah, 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 it's like literally fuck off. You are so annoying, and which is what I think *Hench* is about, because it's like this. There's so much cynicism within our main character in how she's like, y'all are all like whether you're a supervillain or a superhero, both of y'all are like delusional losers because you think, like you have some sort of like grand master plan or whatever for the world. But like everyone else is just completely inconvenienced by it, whether you're someone who is a hench or a muscle, so, like, someone who gets hired by these people to go beat up people for them, or to do skills for them, or you're just someone who just walks around the street, but people are kind of, like, culturally brainwashed into accepting that super villain's bad, superhero's good, and, I don't know, I just, I really liked the, the well, play on like it. Well, that's, like,
1: the thing with, um, sorry for all the, the feet cameos <laughs> for anyone who ended up watching this, um, is, uh, that was, like, one of the big beefs with Endgame and Infinity War and they're feeding when they're when they're fighting Thanos is because their whole like no Thanos can't win or whatever is because his plan was to like kill off half like he had been going from planet to planet. One collecting the infinity stones and two like just like massacring like cutting populations in half and with a snap it was he was gonna like eliminate half the population for like basically is like an eco fascist. Oh, right. You know, like people need to have less babies. Oh, yeah. Like the world like the world is too populated and that's why everything like not considering the fact that like maybe billionaires shouldn't hoard houses where there's homeless people. <gasps> oh oh my gosh. Oh, I thought that was a bug on your wall, but it was actually a bug on my laptop screen. <laughs> uh. Anyways, talk. just superheroes being disconnected. Like the reason why the superheroes were going after Thanos was not because he was a fasc- an eco fascist. It was because it's like killing people is bad, and it's like. But it, it, you're not. You're like you're not actually addressing the fact that his ideology mm-hmm. is bad, and therefore uh like discouraging the audience of that movie to not fall into eco-fascist yeah. traps it was that he wanted to kill people and that's bad even though the avengers have killed like <laughs>
0: millions of people of the like, course of all their stories. like civilians yeah.
1: like not just like, like not, not their enemies people. not yeah. the people that they're yeah just like completely tearing down like places of work businesses <laughs> marketplaces homes cars yeah. like of people who like commute like is like but you're upset that he is is gonna kill people yeah. but not for the reasons that you should yeah. be upset for why he's gonna yeah. kill it's people.
0: very liberal conservative is what superheroes versus
1: supervillains are to me and i think that's why what- it's very like superheroes are, like, the people who say I'm, like, socially liberal, but physically yeah, conservative like, yeah. or something. <laughs> like, that is superheroes. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: and it's, and I guess it's also, like, you can't, it's, like, you, very few people can get any sort of level of acclaim and success at that level. This A universal sort of love. What if If they're not kind of, kind of fucked up you know kind of weird like you can't how are you going to succeed in a world that is already so weird and fucked up like capitalists are incredibly successful but like are they good people no Mm -hmm. because they think they think pizza rolls cost 22 dollars, and yet they think the minimum wage should be 750 an hour like bill gates you know what i mean like it's like people sometimes people who are good are bad you know? <laughs> uh, oh, and that's also why one of no, the, like, plot yeah. points in in Black Widow was that, like, this, like, Scarlett Johansson's character feels so much guilt for, like, killing this guy's daughter in, like, a bomb and trying to kill him. But she doesn't even end up killing him. But And she didn't even end up killing her daughter because uh, whatever. But, like, the it was so, I was like, okay, but the thing is, is that you only feel this amount of guilt for killing this one person, because why? Because she's the she's an innocent kid of like a supervillain. But it's like it, it, what you have been trained from birth to be a killer. You have been an assassin your whole mm-hmm. fucking life. So what makes this the moral center point of this movie and this it doesn't make logical sense. Like <laughs> it re- it really doesn't. So uh, I don't know. Like I just think there's so many within the construction of any sort of fictional world where there's, like, a pure evil and a pure good or a single person or a single group of people who are, like, destined to save a group of people. It's like, girl, now come on. That is not how anything works. Like, and that's why really intelligent, like, science fiction and fantasy doesn't put the onus of morality on one character's shoulder. Like, I think, like, The Hunger Games
1: is really... But that's also just the pervasiveness of liberalism. Yeah. yeah. Like liberalism works to individual like that's why all the when um cuz of the one fucking like oil pipe that burst mm. or whatever and like the water was literally on fire. Oh, yeah. And then there's all the quote retweets that was just like if we just stopped using plastic straws yeah, or something to make fun like of making that. making yeah. fun of like the yeah and like guys if you just <laughs> if you just like use, like, reusable whatever or something. This wouldn't happen. And it's, like, yeah, and it's, like, no, that's not true. because liberalism works to <laughs> individualize problems without actually realizing that it doesn't fucking matter what straw yeah. you use. You could you could, cupless, just fucking put that shit <laughs> right in your hands and laugh yeah. it up. And, like, that's that's still not going to stop unfettered capitalism. In the way we're, like, that's why the MCU is fucking, like, 12 years old. Yeah. <laughs> they haven't been able to solve anything in fucking oh, decades. Oh, people are gonna it's die. People are like, gonna die. The whole world's gonna explode. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's because it's putting, like... <laughs> every moment is putting, like, uh, the soul of uh-huh. humanity or, like, the fate of the world it with beef between two yeah. people. Which is like, not how
0: things work. Like, things bad things happen because systems mm-hmm. are bad and because people benefit from those bad systems continuing to exist and it can't be dismantled the same way that these systems don't exist because of one person they can't be dismantled by one person either and what i was going to say by bringing up like smarter science fiction and fantasy oh yeah, is that sorry. i think like mm-hmm. what what is really the blueprint for a lot of dystopian and sci-fi like sci-fi work for young adults now is like the hunger games and something that i think is really intelligent about the hunger games is that Katniss as a protagonist is not a revolutionary. She just beco- she becomes one because she's a very, you know, she's she's a very convenient pawn. And what actually creates revolution is an underground like guerrilla organization that like m- you know, brings creates a mass of people to resist against the capital and from every district and by mocking jay we see that <laughs> katniss and her friends and the other competitors within the hunger games like storming the capital doesn't even end up actually mattering because the entire district one one through 12 end up storming the capital like they're the ones who take out like and i think like that's, some, that's something that basically every other sci-fi or, or, or other sort of canonical dysto- modern dystopian like genre type book and superhero like I, like world kind of s- fails to get at is that wh- like the problems that are cre- the class differences and oppression that is delineated throughout the world building of this world. It's an exaggerated version of reality, right? Like every every sci-fi world, this is an exaggerated version of reality that criticizes the reality that it's in. But what's so empty about the MCU and about um, these massive superhero franchises is that it takes current reality and elevates it a little bit, but to a level that only exacerbates what are systemic problems and ideologies, and technologies that are used for really fucked up things like in black widow um and it takes that that and posits it as like a one group one entity one person's super villainous master plan when it's like in real life like people like people like jeff bezos and like elon musk and whatever they're not evil because of because of their identity and their personality. They're evil because they they got there. They, you can only get that rich by being evil. It's not who you are. It's not like you're a mm-hmm. fucking supervillain and you are a master manipulator. It's just that you were born into wealth. You continue accumulating wealth, and in order to accumulate wealth, you need to exploit the systems at hand, and you continue exploiting those systems and continuing fucking over people to a point where you don't even think of them as people anymore. They're just cogs in your machine that you help run and oil. But at the end of the day, you're not even you're not even the problem, because if you kill Jeff Bezos or whatever, or if you assassinate all the billionaires in the world, like the system would still exist. Like, that wouldn't solve capitalism. Or there'd just be another person who would replace those people. Which is what these superhero and supervillain movies don't, like, what it doesn't make sense to me as as an outsider within this genre is that, girl, when you killed when, you, <laughs> when you kill the Red Guard leader, like, you're... That, and it's also, I mean, I think it is also...
1: Well, it's like, that has, like... I mean, it doesn't make sense, but that's also, like, the thing with, like, when Hitler offed himself, yeah. that didn't end Nazism. That didn't <laughs> end World War II, like, even. like. Uh, it didn't end World War II, but, like, the ideology, yeah, like, not even, pervasive. like, the actual, like, physical conflict that was happening. It was, like, first of all, there were, in, the, in your earlier point, it's, like, there are people that uphold that system, like, Nazism is a system it's an ideological system and multiple people pulled it like the death of hitler was not the death of anti-semitism mm-hmm. obviously. and he wasn't
0: the start of it um, either you know it's like people people exactly. are just become the face so, of these moral ideologies but then you have to look deeper than that because people aren't people are not should not be symbols in that way like it's just not realistic and mm-hmm. that's why captain america or fucking wonder woman or whatever being these symbols of symbols of freedom or whatever it's just obviously like capitalist propaganda from the 50s and 60s against the cold war You know, it, it, within the cold war within the context of battling against mm-hmm. the soviet union and in some ways it's more explicit in others characters it's not but it's like at the end of the day this all functions as pro-military pro-us pro-imperialism propaganda that posits all of the moral wrongdoings of the world as something that can be solved between powerful men powerful people um which is not true
1: (laughs) that's why uh, well that's also i mean not i wouldn't say now but that's why just to you know really continue this superhero conversation that I know every one of our listeners has just been <laughs> sitting on the edge of their seat waiting for us to take this deep dive into the politics of superheroes. Yeah. I know you guys have been all <laughs> about this but that's why um, Spider-Man when Stan Lee first created Spider-Man was such a leap in the superhero genre was because he was a teenage boy who got bit by a spider and was just like, what would happen if you gave a regular, like, kid smacked up in the middle of high school, living in New York City, superpowers? Mm. Like, what would that look like? And that's why, like, you know, in the movies now, well, before in the Sony movies with Tom, some, something McGuire, I think Tom McGuire, and then later with Andrew Garfield, and now Tom Holland, it's uh, bopped around. But, like, the most recent ones with Tom Holland, it's, like, Tony Stark is the guy who's already fucked over people and has become the rich capitalist, and Spider-Man is just, like, this, like... He's just a dude. There's a tiny little, like... Yeah, he's just a dude superhero, which I think is why, for so many people who do feel... Conflicted about the politics of superheroes, the one that's probably like the safest is going to be Spider Man because the idea of like a 15 year old being the sole protector of New York City is just kind of silly and he just kind of gets thrown into these like superhero situations, but then she's like, but I've got a calculus test mm. tomorrow, and it's like, it's a bit. It's a bit more grounded in that way, but it's definitely nothing like the Hunger Games that, like, It's not
0: really critical. In, in,
1: which is, like, when I'm... Yeah, yeah, it's not critical of anything. But it's less... Well, I don't want to say it's less dangerous than, like, the other propaganda, because it's still... I mean, especially now, it's just been turned into the same MCU, CIA yeah. propaganda. But, like, the origin story and stuff like that is less, like, you're you're less likely gonna run into like anti-communist or like Russophobia yeah. in Spider-Man or like just him yeah. as a person than you are with yeah. some. With, when like, I was a kid, I, but I think we should. Oh yeah, but one more thing. Go. When I was a kid, the only superhero mm-hmm. I
0: ever really cared about was Spider-Man because I would read the I would read the Spider-Man comics and watch like limited series and stuff with him in it, and mm-hmm. I never got invested in anything else beyond that. But I, like, I do, I mean, I, I don't know if people know this, but, like, the, Mar- like, Mar- in order for Marvel to make the movies that it does with the effects that it does, it has to partner with the Pentagon and the United States military. Like, it's, in it's contractual. So all the stuff that they're making is in order to make the military seem cool and epic and amazing, whether it's explicit or not and like we can see that in like Captain Marvel or whatever which is ultimately just a, which is ultimately just like girl bossifying being in the military and like bombing people you know and it's like it the whole there's there's a bunch of like essays and like video essays on YouTube about how how the Mar- Marvel and the military industrial complex and stuff but it's like i think what people need to be more critical about in general is that like to understand that when media is when media is like universally accepted as good and gets the funding that it does to the degree that it does and and it's so continual it's like well who 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 does this media serve like and why and why does it not face the amount I mean I, I guess like I read a Megan Fox profile the other day in like InStyle or something and she was like she was like, you know, to be honest, I don't really care about trying to get a BAFTA or, or whatever. I just give me an MTV award, like let me cast me in a Marvel movie or whatever. And and like the the sort of way that actors and directors kind of all universally acknowledge MCU movies as like it's not like serious, but it's also like really it's also cool, but it's not like real.
1: Well, like people call it like like for actors like when they first get indoctrinated into the MCU like right yeah. is, like a whole you un- know like it's it's basically like especially since Disney bought it it's basically like the last standing like studio yeah. system not to bring up the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo but this is just general that just happens to all have studio systems but like you know how like studios used to like own <laughs> actors and yeah. just like rotate them around like that's basically I mean, obviously, they can do other projects. It's, and, like, to talk- Yeah. Yeah, but, like, when you're within the MCU, it basically functions like that. And, like, it's called, like, MCU money. Like, when you see one of your actors yeah. or something, it's like, oh, they got the MCU paycheck. Like, it's not like they're, yeah. like, oh, this is, like, a creatively fulfilling, like, they wanted to do this exactly. because they care about the art, yeah. <laughs> you know? Or, like, they care right. about their craft. Like, obviously, the MCU has good actors. Like, they're not known right. for their shitty cast. But, like... Yeah. They're it's just like, good you actors know, like, you who get happen paid to be
0: in these movies that yeah, have huge it's like,
1: budgets. and it, it and same with like Star Wars. Like if you see someone yeah. going to a Star Wars movie, you know it's because they just got offered a lot of money a, a to Star be in that
0: Wars movie role. You know, yeah. like it, it's not even it, it's, it's not like, about also the just art. Like the promo it's about the, exposure. the Yeah, it's not about the art, it's about the symbolism. And that's true for the making of superhero movies and superhero movies themselves.
1: (laughs) It's It's all about
0: optics uh, and money. It is, and
1: also, like, that's very much when, like, the, you know, the bigger stars and stuff, that's very much them acting as, like, business people. And what's a good business move is, like, branding yourself and getting your name out there. Because also, like, that... Like, especially if you're lesser known before the Marvel movies, and then you become a hit in a Marvel movie, then you, like, you instantly skyrocket to, like, one of the most popular actors. Um, And also just, like, the promo circuit that comes with being one of the main characters in an MCU project. It's, like, all of that is much more actors as business people than it is... Yeah. Artists and creatives.
0: Yeah. Which, Remember you know. when people got mad at, um, oh my god, what's his face? <laughs> the guy who directed the fucking Godfather. <laughs> the, the dude. <laughs> the really old Italian guy.
1: You know who I'm talking about? Lawrence Grisey? yes <laughs> yeah. i forgot his yeah. name because he like he's the like mca movies aren't movies or like they aren't films or something like that
0: yeah and people were so fucking mad but it's like he's right they're just commercials should, for the u.s military just because something is
1: entertaining or just because you are entertained by something yeah. doesn't make it art like there are shitty things that, you know, sometimes I don't always skip You Need to Calm Down, or Me, by Taylor Swift, okay? That doesn't mean they're good. That doesn't mean they have gotten any better since the first time I listened to them and I said this is a bad song. That just means that in this moment, I'm being entertained. Like, there's, I mean, unless, like, what you're watching is, like, truly, like, terrible, 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 like, there's yeah. no guilt in just, like, being entertained by, like, people yeah. eat McDonald's fries, okay? That doesn't right. mean that they think that they're better than, like, a Michelin star restaurant, you know? Right, Like. right, right. You can consume something. You can enjoy something. And not have to defend it when it's not called what it is, you know? Yeah. But when something is called He didn't say every... Like, when he said that he expected everyone to stop watching MCU movies and then to go bankrupt because of his one sentence. Like, that's ridiculous. People watch them either because they're indoctrinated into, like, the political ideology of the MCU, which is, like, something else, or just because they find them entertaining because they grew up with those stories. Like, right. that doesn't invalidate that, but that doesn't make them... Exactly. Like, no one is like, yes, this is an indie, underground, highbrow, fucking noir, <laughs> okay, that I'm watching yeah. when yeah. they're watching an MCU. Right.
0: And I think, like, Any- that's the thing about, the in- like, the entertainment industry. It- it's so rare to find something, to lean on something that is both incredibly hyped and well-funded and has a huge fan base and is also truly art which is why we love taylor swift because she truly is
1: but you refuse to watch (laughs) it you keep on running headfirst into these points about fleabag like i'm gonna re and uh, re-listen to the podcast and every time you run headfirst into a point that perfectly fits fleabag i'm gonna i'm gonna record it and send it back to you and be like, this is why you should watch Fleabag. Because Fleabag has the awards. It has the certification. It has the, like, um, critics' respect. People are Bridge is an international treasure. And it's genuinely good. Like, act- the story, the acting, the writing, everything. Every artistic piece of it comes together. And yet, you refuse to watch it.
0: Yeah, I don't like doing good things for myself.
1: But it's going to be like episode 1000, season 100. <laughs> and you're finally going to watch it. If you
0: guys subscribe to our Patreon, the 100 level tier is when I watch flea <laughs> Yeah,
1: no. We need to we need to, we need to set a marker money goal. If we reach a certain amount, the thing is yeah. that it's not even that long. Like it is not even a time commitment. That I, it's like, like literally, each season yeah. is li- less than four hours. Maybe a little bit over three hours. You could do the whole thing in a weekend, a day, really, if you committed yourself to it. But like, oh my god, yeah, we okay, should be so like how much? So, set we a should number. Be like, once
0: we once we make once we make once we, once we get like three hundred dollars from Patreon. Within okay. a month, maybe.
1: Which You're I think... editing this episode, but you can't edit that out. I'm going to remember it.
0: <laughs> Which I, I don't know. think is going to happen anytime soon. So, I think mm-hmm. I'm safe. I think I'm safe. Guys,
1: crowdfund us. 24 hours. $300. <laughs> Sunny watches <flee> bag. <laughs> Make it happen.
0: Okay, so that's our episode today. I We mm-hmm. hope you enjoyed. We talked yep. about... The political morality of superhero films and universes and Zola, you know, really, really... um... What
1: an interesting pairing, Zola being sandwiched (laughs) between... What an interesting
0: combination of topics.
1: Yeah. Because they couldn't be more opposite, like yeah zola has nothing to do with superheroes and yet somehow we interweave both of those topics into one episode this is what happens when
0: y'all don't send us submissions to our email at the lavender like
1: yeah we're both doubly employed y'all let us out to hang out dry okay so this one's on y'all if you didn't like this episode go find a mirror look into it because this one is on y'all
0: open up your gmail app and send us something like mm-hmm. that's on you babe
1: exactly y'all didn't dm us y'all didn't tag us in nothing it was nothing. no emails nothing. no problematic sisters to to rant for you okay exactly knows so. what you get
0: but yeah. Anyway, um, by the time this episode is live, hopefully, you know, I, th- I think our we're I'm speaking to this into existence, manifestation or whatever. Patreon is going to be up, and on Patreon, we're going to have tears. We're going to have tears on the Patreon. <laughs> we're going
1: to, and, and one of those. Tiers, by the time you listen to this, it will all be worked out. So just go to Patreon, look up the Lavender yeah. Menace, and we don't have the details worked out right now. But by the by the time it is a, a you issue it will be worked out trust and believe
0: but like you'll also one of the perks is that we'll have like the video the zoom video recordings of us like actually talk like talking to each other on here so you can like see us in our disheveled states (laughs) as we talk (laughs) uh if you want to if that's something you're interested in um and we'll also have like bonus content and also content in which you can like tell us what we should con- what we must consume and what we must discuss discuss, discuss um so yeah like there'll be other stuff too i'm sure i think mm-hmm. but and that's if we what can, we have right like now.
1: if we get away for you guys to engage then oh my god and merch takes, the-
0: merch oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. patreon merch. lets
0: us get do merch so there's that too
1: very very fun and like if you guys have hot takes those will become priority over the emails so if you yes. really want us to talk about something uh, join our Patreon for first priority but I mean this week would have been perfect because we didn't have Patreon and no one sent us anything so if, if you did you would have been on this episode so
0: indeed so okay yeah that's all uh, that's all follow us on Twitter at the Lavender oh, yeah. Pod i'm on twitter at a sunny book nook and on youtube as a sunny book nook and on instagram as sunny with the camera
1: and i am on twitter at renaissance first e as an x and instagram at renaissance marie and on youtube at renaissance marie but if i have to be honest i um haven't posted anything in like a month so because i have a bunch of videos job, that i haven't guy. edited anyways gotta go Bye. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.